Welcome back to Random Trek, the podcast in which I, your host, Scott McNulty, discuss a random episode of Star Trek with a non-random guest. I am joined by Cicero Holmes. Hello, Cicero. How are you? Uh, Scott, I'm doing great. Uh, I think I just saw Cyrus Ramsey, so uh, maybe I'm not <laughs> oh, doing <no>. great. <laughs> Well, if you saw him, that's great, because that means he's not trapped in a pattern buffer somewhere. Uh, they, they got Scotty out, yes. so maybe they can get good old Cyrus Ramses out. Um, but before we delve into who the heck that might be, uh, why don't we delve into who the heck Cicero is? So is there anything you want to tell people about yourself that they should know about you? Maybe check out something that you do. I know you do a lot of things. You're a man about the internet. Yes, I am. I am a person... Who exists on the internet? I am Cicero Holmes, aka <laughs> Stubby Stan, on all uh, social media platforms. Uh, besides uh, talking with Scott and our friends over and on the Incomparable Network, I mm-hmm. host or co-host a bunch of podcasts. Uh, one also talking about Star Trek called Discovery Debrief oh, that you can find on all good. of your uh, podcasting devices, uh, where we talk about the current slate of Star Trek shows including uh, Star Trek Discovery and Strange New Worlds and Picard and Lower Decks. Um, and I, if you're also a, a fan of video games, but you're also a fan of nonsense, which the Venn diagram <laughs> of that and uh, random Trek viewers, I'm not sure if, if mm, that... Probably pretty big. Right? Nonsense at the very <laughs> least. I don't know about video games. Right. <laughs> you could hear me on uh, Test Your Might, which is a video game debate show. If you're a fan of ESPN's first take or some of those uh, sports debate shows, think of that, but with video games and complete nonsense. Uh, it's it's <laughs> a lot of fun. Go ahead and check us out at What the Fun Pod on Twitter. Cool. Um, it's part of the What the Fun Podcasting Network, uh, and uh, also What the Fun on YouTube. Excellent. So here's a question for you, sister. Okay. I totally did not prepare you for favorite video game of all time favorite video game of all time would depend on the day oh well today Today. is a good day to pick your favorite video game (laughs) of all time (laughs) um you know what i'm gonna make it easy i'm gonna make it a game that people can play and and i know they will enjoy and that one of those like you it would be cool if you knew what it was but you you don't understand (laughs) so (laughs) It is, um, it is Insomniac's Marvel Spider-Man that was available oh, on the PlayStation that. 4 and on the PlayStation 5 uh, family of consoles. Um, an incredible game. It was my game of the PS4 generation. Uh, something that I, first off, Spider-Man is my favorite, uh, character in all of, uh, Character, you know, of fiction. So oh. I love, I love Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, these guys did Spider Man right. And the thing that I love about that game is that it is not only is it a great Spider Man game, but it's super accessible. It is a game that any literally anyone that is familiar with games, video games at all, can play and enjoy and thrive. Uh, and it helps you to feel like Spider Man. Great game. I highly recommend it to everyone. Well, there you go. I, uh, as you were talking, I was listening and also thinking, well, what would my own answer be? Now, I am not much of a gamer. So, um, 
but I had to think back. And oddly enough, in the previous episode of Random Trek, I was talking to John Syracuse, and the Vectrix system came uh, up yes. then in that conversation. And I remember one Christmas morning, my brother found a Vectrix little console thing. And kids today, you Google it, it's like a stand, it's like a tiny, tiny little arcade case thing uh, maybe you also might have to ar- google what an arcade game <laughs> looks like um but uh and it was you know like its own self-contained piece of furniture with a like a, a display in it and um uh it had a game called berserk where you were oh, yes. a little robot like shooting around things yes. um and um uh, i have fond memories of that um mm. because it was just such an exciting moment in my childhood when my brother not even me but my brother got this thing Berserk, Berserk was a a an homage. Some people would call them knockoffs, ripoffs, but an homage to Robotan, Robotron, ah, Robotron 2084, a oh. twin stick robotic uh, shooter. See, I didn't even know that either. Yeah. I'm learning all kinds of things. That is why you have me here, Scott. That's right. You need to teach me about video games. The problem with video games and me is that uh, I get excited for them and then I get easily bored. And so I'm like, and frustrated because I'm not very good at them. So I'm like, ugh, I will just stop playing this. And then I've spent like, you know, I don't know how much video games cost nowadays. $70 maybe. Uh, and you got it. Uh, I, I'm sad uh, because I will never play that game again. <laughs> like Mario Kart. I love Mario Kart. And so I even bought a Switch just to play Mario Kart, uh, and I've played it maybe five times. So it was, uh, you know, a silly use waste of money for me. <laughs> uh, I should just have a friend uh, who has a Switch. But anyway, yeah. that's, we're not here to talk about random video games that I stopped playing uh, or video games that people should play about Spider-Man. We're here to talk about Star Trek Dag Nabbit yeah. and specifically – a Star Trek Enterprise episode, uh, which that was not the name of the show. Enterprise was the name. No Star Trek. They were trying to reboot, kind of, I guess. I don't know. Try to get hip with the kids. Uh, season 2, Episode 10, Vanishing Point. So, Cicero, last, when last you were on, we did a horror-themed uh, TNG episode, Night Terrors. Yeah. Um, and we talked all about your interest in Star Trek and all that stuff. I know, I don't know if Enterprise came up. So, uh, what are your thoughts about Enterprise as a, a unit of entertainment? <laughs> I, um, it, it wasn't until season three, I believe, that Enterprise received the Star Trek treatment. Oh, uh, is that true? Was it, was it not season three? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, it was a while, but I am of the camp it, and I didn't watch, uh, Enterprise when it aired initially. I didn't catch it until streaming and, mm. um, but was aware of it. And, you know, I maybe watched an episode here or there, uh, on, uh, WWOR channel nine in, in Jersey. Um, yes, but, I know it well. And, uh, and, um, they, it just jumped around all over the place. So when I caught it afterwards, I realized, you know what? Enterprise is not that bad. And I am of the camp of Enterprise uh, not being not bad. And on top of that, they had some great characters on that show. Mm, yes. uh, one of whom is the feature player in this particular episode. I will agree with you there. I, I, uh, I, if I were ranking Star Trek series 
enterprise would certainly be at the bottom for me, but it is at the bottom of things that I love. Right. right. So it's like, you know, uh, I still like it. Uh, I, uh, when people who are regular listeners of random Trek are tired of me bringing up my same old complaints about enterprise. So I won't, but I will say one thing that I really like about enterprise are a couple of particular characters and Hoshi is one of those characters that I like, although she's kind of complicated. Yes. Um, and she is the 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 main character of this. Now, the thing I like about Hoshi is the thing that I don't like about Hoshi either, which is that she, as a character, kind of reacts as a normal human would in many situations, which is good. So she's, you know, she was not really interested in being on this mission. She's a linguist. She doesn't want to do all this daring do stuff. Um, and so which makes her an interesting character set amongst all these people who are like, woohoo, we're explorers and we want to find new things. And she's like, eh, maybe not include me, um, which I like. But it's complicated because she is a woman. And so you're thinking, well, is it like turning into like stereotypes about how women don't aren't as brave as men and that kind of thing? So I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it. But what do you <laughs> like about Hoshi? <laughs> oh, well, I, I like um, I like the fact that she like her place in Star Trek history, right? Her place in canon is mm-hmm. is really cemented. I mean, she basically invented the Universal Translator. True. Um and uh I mean, that was huge and <laughs> she was probably the most badass when it was all said and done. The was it, I guess it was the penultimate episode uh when they go to the mirror universe. I mean, oh, yeah. she's the emperor, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a great episode for Hoshi and a great episode for Enterprise. Right. So, yeah, like those are the things that I remember about Hoshi. Um, she's very good yeah. with languages, except yes. in this episode. Ex- exactly. Uh, for reasons that will be explained. <laughs> uh, so my main problem with this episode, Cicero, is my main problem with every episode of television that uses the trope that it uses, which is... If you're listening to this podcast, you should expect spoilers. It's a dream, basically, long and the short of it. Um, and so nothing that happens in it really matters. <laughs> and that's kind of frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and what's, what makes it even more frustrating, because I agree with you, Scott, <laughs> what makes it even more frustrating is we get introduced to an alien race. That looks cool. That looks cool. And they don't exist. Like we never know who they are, what they are, where they're from, why they're doing whatever. Why they're doing the enterprise? Right, exactly. Like we don't know anything about this race. Like they made costumes. They hired (laughs) actors to Mm -hmm. be random alien number six, and we, you know, uh, in in a series, in a franchise, in a fandom where we comb through. Everything. Mm-hmm. We've got an, a completely unknown race of aliens that nobody knows anything about. <laughs> and we'll never know anything about <laughs> right? uh, other than they have uh, like half circle uh, centric equipment, which looks very cool. Yes. Um, but but th- that's all we know about them. Uh, yeah. I, I, this, that's my main problem with this whole episode is and I will say. I like the fact that she doesn't trust the transporter because it's new technology and she's freaked out about it. And I think this episode would have worked much better if 
like something actually happened to her, not something horrific, but something minor happened to her through the transporter. Right. Um, and there was some like weird thing as opposed to her, you know, being stuck in the buffer for eight seconds or whatever it was. Right. And then having this dream uh, while she was materializing. <laughs> um, and if you can tell from my voice, very annoyed by the whole episode. Uh, <laughs> and I knew you know that moment where you know I'm not. I don't. Maybe I'll ask you this question because you're on my podcast, and that's what I should do. Uh, what kind of media consumer are you? Because there are people uh, that uh, you know when you read mysteries, uh, there are people who read it and get joy out of trying to you know predict who has done the killing, mm-hmm. um, and people who watch shows like this. Um, there are folks who are like trying to piece together the clues and figure out what's happening. Uh, and then there are people who are just kind of, you know, laying back and wanting to be entertained. And I am solidly in the camp of entertain me. I'm like a, like a Roman emperor. Please entertain <laughs> yes, me with yes. your hijinks. I do not want to work. Just entertain me. Uh, how about you, Cicero? I, I think I am in both camps. Mm. I want to be entertained. But I am annoyed if I have figured out uh, ex- the, yes. the, the, the plot. Mm-hmm. So uh, please entertain me, but you should be better at entertaining me than I would be at entertaining me. Exactly. You are the professionals. Right. I shouldn't be able to figure out that this is a dream right. uh, like halfway through the first right. act, right. which is what, in fact, I did. And then I was annoyed and I thought to myself, well, no. Can't be a dream because that would be dumb. <laughs> that is exactly what I thought, right? <laughs> what I was hoping was that, oh man, no, they wouldn't do that because that would be dumb. Um, you know, and and they're smarter than me. They're better, you know, they're better at writing than I am. Uh, mm-hmm. th- and I thought that maybe what we were ha- what we were seeing was that the the alien ruins um, sh- pushed the, the the alien species that that made those ruins out of phase yes. and that Hoshi was now also out of phase with them due to this transporter accident. And that's how she was seeing the aliens. And and she was in this like alternate out of phase universe that wasn't mirrored. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where they were coordinating, you know, the Enterprise, the NX-01 crew was talking to these aliens yes. and, and all the other stuff. And by the third act, they would have figured all of that stuff out and she would have come back in the phase and been like, "Woo, those transporters. Oh, no, I don't know about those. Um, I wish that there was a scene in this episode where Hoshi goes, "Woo, those transporters. (laughs) That was in the outtakes. (laughs) I 100% agree with you, though. Recently, uh, I've watched – there's a a cable – channel called heroes and icons whose whose reason for existence seems to be to broadcast uh they must have bought a whole bunch of rights to kind of older shows and they just broadcast them forever and in the evenings they have a block of star trek so uh when uh, there's nothing else to watch on or my wife and i just don't want to commit to watching something we'll turn on heroes and icons uh h&i as the kids call it (laughs) and uh some episode of star trek will be on and uh we turned it on the other day and times arrow was on the tng episode where samuel clemens is there we meet guinan she we find out oh goodness she's very old Uh, but there are aliens who are out of phase uh, which is an interesting concept. And I thought the same thing 
because uh, I was like, well, you know, it can't be a dream, even though none of these details are adding up, really. Um, but it, it was a dream. <laughs> and it was dumb. Right. It it was dumb. But but some of the performances were not. And so. Yes. So, yeah. So I want to call out Linda Park and 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 her performance of Hoshi of just kind of being disoriented, um, which. Like maybe you call it out in this particular episode, but if you're a fan of of Enterprise over the course of four seasons, you'd realize that that Linda Park plays Hoshi that way through many of the episodes. So <laughs> it may not necessarily be a stretch, um, but she does seem generally confused about what's happening. <laughs> but I, like, but why I, am I here? <laughs> but I do want to call out Doctor Flox. Who was Doctor Flox? Very, I I, I love Doctor Flox. Uh, uh, he was very very creepy in this episode um, because yes. as you're trying to figure out exactly what's going on, and you're realizing that you know every fourth you know or or Hoshi can only see one out of every three people in the crew, or they can only see her. Um, the the one constant was Dr. Flock. So you're trying to figure that out and he's feeding leeches and he's just popping up <laughs> and he's looking very stoic as he's talking mm-hmm. to Hoshi and she's bugging out. Um, but he, he seems completely unbothered by it all uh, and, and tries to as, as patronly and as, 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 as good a bedside manner as he possibly can, you know, assuade her fears about the transporter while also saying you'd never catch me dead on one of those things. <laughs> Better you than me. Right. <laughs> so I guess we should we should say, uh, if you've never watched Enterprise before, uh, this is, you know, before the original series, so transporters are new, which is an interesting thing, I think. Yes. Um, and uh, the, like people don't trust them. Not a lot of people on the Enterprise have used them. Uh, and in this episode, Hoshi and Trip are down on an uninhabited planet, uh, which they make great pains to tell us there's no life, uh, and but there's lots of ruins, there's a big storm coming, oh no, they can't fly their shuttlecraft up, uh, or shuttle pod, I forget what they call them. Yes, uh, shuttle pod. Pod, yes. yes. Um, so they have to transport, and uh, Trip is like, well... Hoshi, you should go first. And Hoshi's like, I'm not going first. You, you go first. And if you call back and you aren't a pile of goo, I'll, I'll follow you up. And he's like, okay. So up he goes and he's fine. And up, uh, Hoshi goes and she seemingly is fine, but she feels like her molecules aren't all in the right place. And so that sets off the whole episode of her, um, just kind of everything is not quite right. And I will say, well, maybe I, I feel like, Cicero, that this could have worked if, A, they did what you suggested, which is she's out of, like, slowly going out of phase and has right. to fight these other out-of-phase aliens. That's interesting. Or they could have gone whole hog into the whole, like, nightmare thing and made it much creepier right. than it was. Right. Um, but it's, I mean, it's a little creepy, but it's not super creepy. And it's mostly playing on her insecurities, which I think is interesting, but they could have heightened it right because she's like she can't no one sees her which one imagines you know right. we all feel like hoshi i think part of her character is she doesn't feel like she belongs there and so now everyone is ignoring her and so that you know feels her her ideas of her being a kind of an outcast uh or an outsider not an outcast right. uh and then of course her core character trait is that she's really good at languages yeah. and she can't 
like translate this super easy language apparently um and then some jerk uh what bard crewman bard who we've yeah, never yeah, seen before can, yeah. can translate it and yeah, so he, she's like ah he's a simpleton he can't do any of that as <laughs> you know it was just a simple bimodal syntax what mm-hmm. yeah but she couldn't she screwed it up she was late for her her shift and uh, uh nobody called her uh, i don't know but so it was it, there were glimmers of what it could have been i uh, i was i was seriously waiting at the end of this episode for uh malcolm or trip to turn around and look straight at the camera and have like uh werewolf eyes and to hear uh <laughs> t- to hear vincent price laughing at the end <laughs> right i was i was fully expecting this nightmare to continue right because mm-hmm. If, you know, if the stakes were nothing anyway, why not make it a full nightmare episode, as you're saying? And then, you mm-hmm. know, when we when we move into episode 11, it doesn't matter anyway. She just had a nightmare. She wakes up. Oh, whoa, whoa, that was crazy. Man, never mm-hmm. getting on those transporters again. Right. And, and that would mm-hmm. have been the end of it. Um, yeah, yeah, but I they did know. not do that. They did not. So she, so she, uh, and keep in mind, everyone, this is all a dream. So none of this happens. Uh, also, it's a fictional show. So none of it has actually <laughs> happened anyway. Uh, so she goes throughout her day and she feels like, oh, you know, I'm not, something's not right. My birthmark is moved like a millimeter. So let me go talk to flocks. Uh, and people in like the mess hall are kind of ignoring me, but then they don't. And are they just being jerks or can they not see me? I don't know. Uh, so let me talk to Dr. Flox and then Dr. Flox is in there. And then all of a sudden he appears and she's like, ah, don't sneak up on me. Uh, and he's like, you're fine. Um, which is playing into kind of the, you know, the doctor doesn't ever believe you when you say there's something wrong with you. I'm like, yeah, you're fine. Just, I think he basically says like, go take a nap. You'll be right, fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Take a sedative. <laughs> Calm, calm yourself down. You're hysterical, lady. You're exactly. Jeez. <laughs> like, and then, and then she goes and she sees Trip, and and Tucker tells her the same thing. Hey, you just you're, you're oh hysterical, God. lady. You're, take this sedative. That's everyone wants to take a sedative. Right. They're like, oh, take a sedative, lay down. You'll be right. fine. Right. And she's like, ugh, I'm going to the gym. Right. Where uh, Tucker apparently hangs upside down in like a gyroscopy thing. I yeah, yeah, those were those were uh, those were going to be all the rage in the turn of the century. I just want to let you know they were going <laughs> to people were going to be opening up centers uh, with with those things. Now I'm sure it's a real piece of exercise equipment, but I do not understand why you would use it. <laughs> <laughs> Which um, is true for all other exercise equipment, in my opinion. Fair as well, enough. But. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so adding to adding to the nightmare um, role of this all was mm-hmm. after she fell out of phase, uh, you know, in the in the gym, uh, yeah, she, she, she yeah. can't pick up the weights and then she just kind of fizzles away while she's looking in the mirror. Oh, by the way, those are the same weights my mom has in her house. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, wow, I guess, you know, gym equipment hasn't advanced in the last well, uh, you know, 150 years. <laughs> you have a good design, you keep it. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. If it ain't broke, uh, put weights around it. Um, mm. so, so after she falls out of phase and she makes her way into the captain's room, uh, into the captain's quarters, uh, and figures out to start tapping SOS, she also gets a chance to hear her dad react to the oh, fact that she's yes. been killed. Um, also, I have to. also, 
only appearance of Hoshi's dad in the entire series. Goodness. He also, in, that, in same, that same actor plays, uh, is in Deep Space Nine. He plays that famous baseball player who I, oh, name I cannot remember. yeah, that's right. Um, who shows yeah. up at some point? Uh, I, Memory Alpha told me that, so don't be too impressed with my knowledge. Uh, but yeah, I think that's so weird. Like, so Archer calls up her parents because she's dead, uh, or so they assume. Right. And uh, Archer's really bad at this. <laughs> now, this is Dream Archer, right. so we can imagine that actual Archer would be a little bit. I mean, it's a difficult thing to do, so I don't want to make light of that. But in his position, one assumes you should know how to you know, tell a loved one that, uh, they're, they're like, something's happened to them and he can't, he's like, Hey, uh, Hoshi's dad, what, what's up? <laughs> they do the worst Abbott and Costello, uh, <laughs> rendition impersonation I have ever seen. Uh, the dad is like, Oh, so there was an accident. So you're telling me Hoshi's okay. Right. <laughs> and he's like, well, we lost Hoshi. He's like, you don't know where Hoshi, Hoshi is. is well, right. <laughs> <laughs> there was a transporter of... accident well i know my daughter wouldn't be on a transporter so, <laughs> so why are you it's... telling me <laughs> that's a long distance call to waste your time telling me oh she's fine <laughs> oh man yeah she's so she fine. she got but to she watch fine. her dad uh react to that which uh he was he was really distraught but he had to go and go and tell yeah, Hoshi's yep. mom first. Yeah. She was out doing whatever Hoshi's mom does and uh he had to go tell her. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I mean yeah. You know, I think that once they finally figured out what was going on, uh Hoshi's dad, that is um the scene worked a little better, but it was painful as <laughs> Archer was trying to awkwardly tell her tell him that his daughter was uh missing missing yes uh but she's not she's right behind you ah and now she's fiddling with your lights <laughs> yes yes uh she she managed to get sos out and uh to paul uh, arguably the smartest person on the ship mm-hmm. um says uh, with, that's nothing yeah <laughs> with the help of archer <laughs> figure out sos and then and then hoshi's like oh okay you got that part here let me tell you who i am and they're like nah there's the lights are just malfunctioning. I'll get somebody to fix it. So here's my problem. Now I understand once again this is this is a Hosh, Hoshi's dream. It makes sense that they would be like that doesn't mean anything. Um and Hoshi is like, "Oh, come on, Archer. You have to remember your Morse code." Uh but my question is, really? Does he have to? Because like I have an iPhone and I am 100% sure that my I could find an app on my iPhone that will translate Morse code for me. Uh and they have a starship, so I'm pretty sure he could just have the computer translate Morse code for him. He he could. Saying. He could, but but if we know anything about uh Archer is he was a big nautical guy. He loved He's a water the, polo guy at yeah, least uh he, he loved he loved the sea and he loved his dog Porthos. So he That's true. Not he, appearing in this episode. Right. He absolutely uh should have known Morse code and, and he did. And he did. Um but he was easily persuaded that <laughs> it, it was, was nothing. nothing. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, and while this is all happening, Hoshi's like wandering around the ship and she's hearing these weird alien voices. Yeah. Um, and she discovers these aliens that Cicero brought up before that look kind of cool. I don't really know how to describe. They look like, I don't know what they look like. 
they look kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, and they are up to no good because they are planting explosives all over the ship. Well, Hoshi's we, the only person that can see we assume, we assume We assume they're explosives. Like, they could be something good. We don't know. Right. And right. I, I did think it was hilarious. Once again, when since it's all a dream, it can kind of make dream logic. But they have a scene where one of them is like laying on top of the warp drive yeah. uh, and putting whatever it is on it. And like, no, there are like a million people in engineering walking right. around and no one sees this very obvious like blue person putting <laughs> something on top of the warp drive. That is why I was convinced they were out of phase. And Hoshi mm-hmm. was also out of phase. And, and I was trying to see if there was a moment where Hoshi was visible or or at least in their cone of view in mm-hmm. the aliens cone of view so that we could see that the aliens either can see her or cannot um and it didn't seem like there was any of those moments until the scene after that where it, she was standing right outside of a, of a of a porthole or of a, of a doorway and and an alien walked right in and walked right past her and did not notice her um, mm-hmm. but yeah, but up until that point, I was just like, oh, okay, well, you know, they're all, everybody's out of phase because clearly someone in engineering is going to see this giant alien <laughs> sitting on top of the warp core. No, no one knows. No. <laughs> and it's a dream. So, you know, you can wave away a lot, but as you're watching it, uh, it, it, it's hard to take, uh. Another thing I did like though, so she does the whole SOS thing and then she, that she makes her realize that she can mess up electronics basically by putting her hand in them. Uh, so she deactivates their counter timer or whatever. So I like right. that. Right. Um, and I like the design of the, whatever those devices were. Yeah. Um, they look cool and yeah. alien. So, uh, although I also enjoy the fact that they come back and they just fix it. Right. <laughs> like, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't use that one. Use this one. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was the, those were um, prototype. Uh, speaking of video games, those were prototype Nokia N gauges. Oh, uh, I do I, know what those are. No, no, no. They really weren't. But uh, <laughs> the you can Scott and they and everyone listening can look up the Nokia mm-hmm. N gauge. It looked like a if a taco was a phone. Um, <laughs> this is what the N gauge is. Um, you like imagine a taco, and it's a hard shell taco, and mm-hmm. you're talking. The way you talk on it is at the the you part of the right, taco, it's like lengthwise. Right, right, and but that was also a game system, and in order to play games, you put the SD card, you'd put a card into the the taco, but you've got to first take the phone apart in order to put the game in. <laughs> so you, so when you're hmm. done playing that game, you have to then take the phone apart again. And and take the game out and put a new game in. Well, I don't see why it didn't succeed. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> I enjoy uh, imagining at Nokia many years ago there was a meeting where someone said, it's, uh, uh, imagine if a taco were a phone. <laughs> and someone said, sold. Let's sold. make it happen. Yes. We're Nokia. We do weird things. <laughs> Engage. Uh, they were Star Trek fans. I'm telling exactly. you, this is what happened. That is why. Connecting the dots. Yes. This is where it came from. Oh, boy. (laughs) 
I'd rather um, be talking about Engage than yes, this episode. But yeah, absolutely. We, All of those things are, are more. Um, uh, but another cool one ideas. of the things. I do like another piece of technology that I like is that these aliens set up all this stuff and then they have like a little transporter pad that yeah. they transport onto the ship and then they jump on and it transports them off. So I thought that was kind of a cool idea. Um, and then of course it sets up this big f- moment where, you know, Hoshi's like, uh, I'm never using a transporter again, but now I have to, you know, should I do it to save my ship? So I have to go find them. And so she, you know, musters up the courage and she jumps on that transporter pad and uh, materializes on the Enterprise's transporter pad because none of this has happened. And she was just kind of, you know, her matter stream was uh, weak for eight seconds or some other techno babble. And Reed had to, you know, it seems like now uh, no shade to Reed or our friend Chief O'Brien, but it seems like working in the transporters just involves sliding something up and down a couple of times. Uh- very slowly and make sure you got to make sure that everything is even. I don't know why true. they don't just put a bar between <laughs> just tape these a bar things so it. that they can make sure that they all slide up at the, up and down at the same time. But so Reed is unfamiliar with it. So he probably slid one up a little faster yeah. than the other. So he had to balance it before he could materialize her. And during those eight seconds right. is when this entire, well, almost this entire episode happens. Uh, and she's back on the enterprise and she's fine. Her, molecules are where they need to be her birthmark is where it should be we assume uh and this is where she finds out that she had hallucinated the whole thing um and uh we didn't even talk about cyrus ramsey who you mentioned earlier which is the this kind of story that is told where um he he was an early transporter test patient who has never material dematerialized and never rematerialized And some say, if you go to the transporter bay and late at night, you can hear the rustle of Cyrus Ramsey as he mournfully says, beam me up. (laughs) (laughs) Beam me out. Um, I, I love the fact that we've got this ghost story of Cyrus Ramsey. And it's completely made up, right? <laughs> it's like, a ghost story of a ghost story. Right. It is a ghost story of a ghost story um, that we find out after uh, after Hoshi gets out of the pattern buffer um, that she mentions kind of offhandedly to the rest of the crew. And they're like, who? What? And um, she's like, hey, glad I'm not another Cyrus Ramsey. And they're like, who the heck is Cyrus Ramsey? <laughs> so... So, so I want to know where in her brain did Cyrus Ramsey come from? Like, what is happening? I need another episode explaining this episode. Like, what is going on inside of Hoshi's brain? Well, I mean, I've had a lot of weird dreams, so I I can. uh, Your brain is an amazing thing. It just fills in these these voids with uh, (laughs) random stuff. And she well, has a lot of languages knocking around up there, so who who knows where all this came from? <laughs> yeah, Cyrus Cyrus Ramsey uh, was her first language professor at, at the academy. <laughs> See, possibly, yeah. And that Cicero, yes, is Vanishing Point, season two, episode ten, Enterprise. What did you think of it overall? Um. It was it was definitely fun to get back to Enterprise. I de- I I did miss that theme song, uh, Enterprise theme song, <laughs> best theme song 
of all the theme songs in Star Trek. Without a doubt. Uh, because you, you have to have faith in the heart. Um, but I, I'm beginning to think, Scott, that you don't like me be- or the random Trek generator doesn't like me because <laughs> I, I get, like I get, I love Star Trek and I love most episodes of Star Trek, but I've gotten some really, um, <laughs> Not good episodes of Star mm. Trek to talk about it, right? It's about. true. <laughs> well, if it brings you any solace, I have to watch the episode too. So, uh, and, and, uh, this is not, I don't think this is when sometimes you watch an episode of Star Trek and you think, I know it's not very good, but I like it yeah. because of whatever, right? You know, something Dr. Flox does or, or what have you. Uh, this is not an episode that I like at all. And I can't imagine. Someone's going to send me an email after I say this. I can't imagine anyone really likes this episode. It can't be anyone's favorite episode. Now, now this is Troubles Waters because I have said before, I can't imagine Enterprise is anyone's favorite Star Trek series. And then I heard from a lot of Enterprise fans. So, uh, but I can understand Enterprise being your favorite series. But even if Enterprise is your favorite series... I do not understand how Vanishing Point could be your favorite episode of Enterprise. <laughs> I can't, I cannot comprehend such a thing. Unless you are the guy who played Hoshi's father. Oh, that's true. Because it is his. I think that's only, a damn fine scene. Yes. His only episode ever of, <laughs> of Star Trek Enterprise. We should have a, well, you know, Paramount Plus is looking for more Star Trek shows. So maybe we'll see, uh, Star Trek Hoshi's dad. Right. Yes. There we go. We'll explore him. Still looking for his mom, looking for Hoshi's mom (laughs) to tell him the story. (laughs) She'll be like, what are you talking about? Hoshi's fine. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it was a dream. Yeah. Maybe. I had the weirdest dream. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Dream. I I cannot think of any show where I thought that used this trope where I thought, gee, that was really good. Um, and you can use dreams, like dream sequences are fine and like, you know, going into people's dreams and doing things are fine. But my problem is when the show is like, woo, look at this whole show. Ha ha, this weird stuff is happening. Ha ha. And then at the end, it's like, oh, never mind. It was yeah. just a dream. Uh, that is the thing I do not like. Right. Yeah. There is, there is resetting to zero in, uh, you know, in all of these syndicated shows sure. that are kind of episodic. Uh, but there, but there definitely is a problem when, uh, you're resetting the zero right before you roll, right before credits. you roll credits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you Don't know, like before it. the third act is finished, you reset to zero and then you start at one and then you roll credits. You're like, wait, yeah. what? Why? Why did yeah. I watch this? Yes. Why? What was that point? Now, one could argue. I suppose vanishing point super fans could argue uh, that at the end Hoshi remembers her experiences so much like you know Inner Light, uh, uh, a fantastic TNG episode uh, that features kind of a dream sequence, but it's not using that same trick. See, so it's it's a different thing. Um, uh, and Captain Picard has lived a whole life right. in the matter of whatever I forget what they say it is like forty minutes or something like that, uh, and he remembers what has happened and so gains the wisdom and the experiences that he had. Hoshi remembers everything that happened in those eight seconds or one second, depending on who you talk to. Um, and it seems like it was—I'm not quite sure how long. Do you think it was like a day, maybe a two days? I don't know. Two days, yeah. So one could say that it doesn't. 
even though it didn't happen for any of the other characters, it happened for her. And so she has learned and, and grown as a character because of her experiences in that dream. I still don't think it makes it a good episode. Of Star well, Trek, as, but. as Captain Archer said, she overcame her fear of the transporter to save the crew by getting on the She's alien transporter. But she didn't. Because <laughs> none of that happened. Right. So. It was all in her head. Her brain was making it up. So, yeah, yeah. that's true. I, I, you know, the things that happen in your dreams aren't real. And so you don't get credit for them <laughs> because you could be the bravest person in the world. Sometimes in my dreams, I can fly. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I get credit for knowing how to fly. Right. Sometimes in my dreams, I exercise. <laughs> Those are nightmares, Cicero. Those are nightmares. Just well, like, I think... just like this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, but unlike this episode of Random Track, because this has been a delight. Thank you for joining me, Cicero. Thank you very much for having me, Scott. Uh, please invite me back on for another <laughs> terrible episode of Star Trek. Maybe we can do like uh, TNG season one, episode three. Um, oh, yeah. The worst episode of Star Trek ever. So um, let's no, go for I'm it. Frantically trying to Google which one that is because I don't remember. Oh, the naked now. Mm. Yes. That's not a good episode. No, it's not. Oh, oh no, no, no. I was thinking actually I was thinking of uh, episode four, Code of Honor, because that's even worse. Oh, Code of Honor. Yes. That's not good. Yes. No, no, no. Uh, there are a lot, of, a lot of good choices, good choices in the first season of TNG. Uh, well, I, I make no promises. Uh, the universe is a cruel mistress, much like uh, the random Trek random gener generator. So uh, who knows what fate will this decide. But I am glad that you are willing to spin the wheel one more time in some distant future. Yes. Uh, and I look forward to speaking to you again about hopefully a good episode of Star Trek. Oh, they're all good, even the bad ones. <laughs> <laughs>